At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N. A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, Brad Thomas will join us on the program. We'll get a little info on the uh, U.S. Open, which right now Adam Hadwin is your leader at four under par. The only person at four under right now at Brookline. Um, Then you got a slew of golfers, including Rory McIlroy, who are three under. Group of golfers, including Justin Rose, at two under. And uh, a group of golfers at one under, including John Rahm, Max Homa, and our dude, Will Zalatoris. As for the other uh, two selections that we had, both Shane Lowry and Tommy Fleetwood finished their first rounds at two over par. And those that are wondering, Phil Mickelson finished his round at, what was it, five over Oh, no, eight over for Phil Mickelson. Uh, Not exactly what he wanted to see. So Phil Mickelson finishes uh, at eight over. Dustin Johnson, though, he is in that group at two under par. Wouldn't that be something if he finds himself in that final grouping come Sunday? So uh, we'll talk to Brad about that. Uh, NBC Sports Bet will uh, we'll get uh, his take on what's going on there with the U.S. Open uh, and so much more. But wanted to quickly touch upon what went down here on Thursday in Major League Baseball. Last night we talked about a possible play on the A's with Paul Blackburn on the hill. I ultimately did not play it, but it did work out. Paul Blackburn just continues to be solid on the road as uh, he goes, what, six innings? Well, went into the sixth inning and only allowed one run, but he pitched out of de- out of danger. So this was a spot where if you had the A's and maybe you had them in the first five, what a sweat. So Rich Hill, you know, gives up three runs in uh, five innings, and he gave up the three runs in the third inning. So it was kind of early where... Uh, the A's were able to get the runs for you. And then Brown, uh, excuse me, Blackburn um, gives up eight hits and has to constantly deal with runners on base 
and pitching out of it. And the A's were able to get a win as a uh, you know nice plus money underdog with the better pitching matchup in there. So congratulations there. Uh, Padres and Cubs, this was one of our plays. We took the under four and a half runs for the Chicago Cubs, and that hits uh, six to four uh, was the final as Joe Musgrove is really him and Sandy Alcantara are your favorites in the National League to win the Cy Young Award. And right now I'm seeing Alcantara at plus 350, Musgrove at plus 450. And you guys know how much I love Sandy. But what Musgrove has done this season is next level. He has now gone into, he has now pitched at least six innings in every single one of his starts. And that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven starts, at least six innings in all eleven of them. He has yet to allow more than two earned runs in any start. All 11 starts, two earned runs or fewer. And he's only allowed two, one, two, three, four, five times. Five of the 11 starts, he allowed two earned runs. Two of the 11 starts, he allowed one earned run. And in four of the 11 starts, he allowed zero earned runs. He is 8-0 on the year with a 1.59 ERA, a .92 whip. Joe Musgrove, in all due respect to Sandy, Joe Musgrove is your National League Cy Young Award winner right now. Elsewhere on the Major League Baseball schedule, the Orioles just pounded Kevin Gosman. What an ugly third inning it was in Toronto. Gosman allows six runs in the third inning on seven hits. And the Orioles beat the Blue Jays 10-2. to Another game in this series where it goes over. Uh, I was on the Blue Jays, and it was just completely wrong, especially when you consider Gosman allowing those six runs in the third inning. Listen to how this third inning played out, okay? First, you had Nick Mullins, uh, Cedric Mullins, excuse me, leading off with a single. Then Austin Hayes grounds into a fielder's choice, but Mullins, not only is he safe at second, he goes to third because of an error by Santiago Espinal, who's filling in for Matt Chapman. So now everyone's safe, and it's second and third. Ryan Mountcastle, then singles. Adley Rutschman, then doubles. Rugnit Odor with a sack fly. Then you had a Nevin double, a McKenna double, and then it's like, guys, pull, you got to pull this guy out of the game. Can't even get an out. And Gosman left the game after allowing six runs in the third inning on just hit after hit after hit. This was an Orioles team that played this game without Trey Mancini and Anthony Santander (laughs) and still put up 10 runs against the Blue Jays. Oof, Gosman not in good form 
right now. Uh, Guardians beat the Rockies 4-2. Tristan McKenzie outduels uh, Chad Cool. The Phillies pound the Nationals 10-1 as Patrick Corbin Day continues to be a profitable day for the opposing team. You want to talk about big innings. The Phillies scored seven runs in the third inning off of Patrick Corbin. Uh, Corbin allows eight, nine runs on eight hits. But here's the thing. Only two of the runs were earned. There was an error in this third inning that would have been the third out of the inning. Yeah. So all the runs that were scored in the third inning were unearned. Let's talk about the floodgates opening here, okay? Alec Bohm ground out. Matt Veerling out. And then Munoz safe on the error by Hernandez. So now instead of being out of the inning, with the score 0-0, Kyle Schwarber comes up to the plate, two-run homer. All right, all right, hey, it's 2 nothing. Let's hit the reset button. We're okay. We're okay. Reese Hoskin then doubles. Bryce Harper then walks. Nick Castellanos then gets a hit. JT Realmuto gets a hit. Didi Gregorius gets a hit. <laughs> and then uh, Matt Veerling gets a hit. And uh, yeah, seven runs all unearned in the third inning for the Philadelphia Phillies. So uh, just bad. The Nationals are in a bad way. And the Nationals doing us a favor here on Friday. The Phillies and Nats will play a doubleheader from Philadelphia. The first game is going to be at 1 o'clock. Second game will be at 7 o'clock. And uh, Ranger Suarez is going to start, I think, the second game for the Phillies. And Pablo Espino is going to start the second game probably for the Nationals. I think the Phillies are going to go with a bullpen game for the first game. And the Nationals... You know, because you get the extra player with the doubleheader and whatnot. Have recalled Joanna Dunn. The smile is just ear to ear on my face right now because Joanna Dunn is back and he will be pitching for the Nationals against the Phillies. So we will have a play on the Phillies. Now, the pitching matchup is not confirmed as of right now. So we don't exactly know what the. Uh, Odds are going to be, but it's going to be um, Philly as a heavy favorite, and maybe we can't lay the run. Maybe we can't lay the the juice with Philly. Probably have to go with like a run line. Maybe a first. I don't know if I want to go a first five run line though because of you know the Phillies also in a bullpen game. The, the safe way to play the game might have to be like a Phillies team total. Maybe going over four and a half, something like that, or maybe even over five and a half. Play, maybe play the over in the game, thinking that the Nationals are going to score off of the Phillies' bullpen if it is, in fact, a bullpen game for game one of this doubleheader. Also, it's important to keep an eye on who is going to be in the lineup for Philly. They might give some guys a half day off, you know, play, not play the first game and then play the second game, or they play the first game, they don't play the second game. So that is something that you abs absolutely have to 
keep an eye on for this game coming up tomorrow. But either way, I am super stoked about it. I'm very happy that my favorite fade is back in the majors. It was a sad day when he got sent down to the minors. I'm very happy that he's back and we get to bet against him here on Friday. What else are we going to be betting over the course of this weekend? Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Bet will join me coming up next. Get his thoughts on uh, second round of the U.S. Open, anything that you can bet for the second round, or maybe even the third and the fourth round of the U.S. Open. Also get his thoughts on a little World Cup action because the host cities were announced. Nope, no games in Vegas, but you got L.A. and New York, and and that'll be fun. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VCD Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Heat up your lineup with the FootJoy Tee Off Challenge. Join two free fantasy golf contests to compete for your share of $10,000 in total cash prizes while the world's best golfers tee off. Head to DraftKings.com slash FootJoy now to join the action. FootJoy, the number one shoe and glove in golf. Terms and conditions and other eligible leadership supplies. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now is Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Bet. And Brad, before we get into the golf, I want to get your final thoughts on what we saw here tonight. The NBA Finals wrapped up. The Golden State Warriors are the champs for the fourth time in the last eight seasons. What did you make of this game? What did you make of this series between these two? You know, going into this, I, I, I kind of leaned Boston, but it showed you that, you know, the, the Warriors are a championship team. They have so much championship leadership. Like you think about game seven, I kind of compared it to a, a heavyweight boxing match, right? You know, the, the Boston Celtics, they punched first and then the Warriors punched back. But you can see the championship experience on the Warriors because when when the Celtics came and made that big run in the third quarter, what happened? The Golden State Warriors punched back. I, I do feel bad, though, for the Boston Celtics because a lot of what happened in that game and in the series was just inexperience, lack of leadership. Like when Marcus Smart got his second foul on the Gary Payton fast break, like Gary Payton's like an, an upwards 80% free throw shooter. Like you don't take a foul there. 
you have to be smarter than that because that dictated the entire game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm curious to see what both of these teams do in the offseason and see how they come out in terms of next season. U.S. Open golf uh, conditions, interesting there at Brookline. A couple of low scores here today. I don't think that these scores will hold up, though, Brad. What did you see in round one there in Massachusetts? Yeah, no, at any moment, you can can turn a a three-under card to be two over. Example, Kevin Na was three-under, then he hit it in the fescue and and put some big scores up. I think that a lot of the names at the top, like Hadwin, Tarin, Lingmurth, are going to fade away as the week goes on. But then you have the guys like Roy Malkroy, Justin Thomas, who's, what, two or three back. Those guys are consistently going to have good, solid rounds of one or two under. If you're sitting at one under right now, one over right now, you're not out of it. I think the winning score here is going to be like seven, maybe eight, especially tomorrow. Because tomorrow, if you have a 1 p.m., a 12 p.m. tea time, you could be in some danger because there's a 68% chance of rain. And what's worse than playing in 16-mile-per-hour wind while it's raining? And so it's going to be a difficult, difficult course for these guys. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, And I've heard from people before the tournament that they were expecting the winning score to be somewhere around two under. So maybe yeah. these guys all come back down to the pat to the pack, and we could have a a day here on Friday or even Saturday where you know everyone's shooting over par because that's a U.S. Open, right? They're going to make yep. it harder. The pin positions are going to be more difficult. Um, if you had to take anybody in this top group to last a round, uh, not last uh, a round, stay around until Sunday, who would you think is going to be in these final groupings on Sunday? Man, this is going to sound so weak for me just to take the top favorite in Rory McIlroy. But I mean, listen, what has Rory done for us to not want to back him time and time again? He's a great ball striker. He's great off the tee, like super accurate. The biggest problem here is like the rough is so thick. And then you have a guy like Matt Fitzpatrick who won the U.S. Am at this course. So why would he not be in the final pairing? I have him. I got him at 50 to 1. Before he teed off uh, today, he was at somewhere around 22 to 1. Wow. He's a good golfer. and He's playing really good golf. All he does is top 10s, top 5s, especially in majors. So I think those are two guys you can count on to be be in contention come Sunday. Do you have any plays for the second round here on Friday? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Sam Burns over Tony Finau. And it's actually kind of funny that I'm taking this play because I was on both guys pre-tournament. <laughs> and both guys, I'm taking Sam Burns over uh, Tony Finau for opposite reasons of why I took them both before the tournament. Tony Finau actually did par- fairly well hitting 61% of greens and regulation while only hitting 43% of the fairways. What happened to Tony Finau is what you know I was afraid of was going to happen. He went up there and he stunk with the flat stick. He lost minus one point uh, one strokes on the putting green. And then we have Sam Burns, who is a really accurate driver of the ball, only hitting thirty six percent of the fairways. But he was saved today. Like he was saved if he wasn't putting. If he didn't gain two strokes on the putting surface, that plus one, that one over could have been somewhere like three or four over. And what I like about Sam Burns, I, I pulled over the last thirty six rounds. Sam Burns is number two in strokes gained total in the second round. And why? It's because of his putting. I think he gets a feel for the greens, which helps him out a lot more against a guy like Tony Finau, where he either has the putter or he doesn't. It's not like it just appears mid-tournament. Wow, I like that a lot. I'll have to look into that. What about um, 
I'm on Will Zalatoris to win this thing outright. Then again, I'm on him in every single tournament. I'm just going to keep doing it until he wins. He struggled early, but he recovered nicely, and he is sitting here at three off the pace at one under. What do you like about his chances or maybe not like about his chances? You know, uh, I think I bet Will Zalatoris the last five events that he started, and I was off him here. And the same the same excuses that everyone was making for Justin Thomas, why they weren't betting him on the PGA Championship, saying he's getting so close, there's so much pressure, and now it's a major, the pressure's even more. I'm applying that to Will Zalatoris. Like, it's going, he has all the tools physically. His golf game is spot on to win, but it's the mental grind of actually grinding out four days in a major playing perfect golf. And I don't think that's something that he's going to do, not at this course. Let's give him... Let's give him a course that's like 70,000, 700 yards. Like, I mean, wide open fairways, greens that are small, just like this, though, because bad putters actually get a boost putting on smaller greens because you have to be more accurate. You're not going to have 40 foot lag putts. So I want something a little bit, a little bit smaller so you can just dial it in, hit wedges and just go ahead and tap his birdie in. Interesting angle there. Uh, I know you're a huge soccer guy. Uh, we had yes. the announcement today of the, the World Cup host cities. For the United States, Mexico, and Canada, sadly, no you no World Cup games here in Vegas. Uh, but they will be at SoFi Stadium in LA and and in New York, of course, or in Jersey at MetLife Stadium should be fun as well. But let's take a look at this coming World Cup at the end of this calendar year. Any plays that you've made already on the uh, futures market for this World Cup? Yeah, I'll go over a couple. One that I made early was uh, was Ghana to advance from their group. I made that a while back. Um, they're getting a lot of the the English internationals that are coming over. But my favorite play that I literally just made after Nations League, Germany to win the tournament at plus 900. What I didn't see from Germany, and I didn't know if they were going to have prior to Nations League, were was a team who was hungry to attack. Hungry to attack while still defending. So a big difference than if they were just going to go high press, play wide open, and, and just exchange goals. No, this team is down to play defense while still pressing, they have one of the strongest teams and deepest teams. When you get into playing group play, then now you have to go to knockout rounds. You have to have a deep team. I was looking at their roster, and I was so shocked about how much depth they have at every position. Because I, I was gonna, I was gonna write this entire list out for, for in one of my articles of of their forwards, and then I was gonna do an, an article about about their midfielders. And I was like, no, this is just too much. Let me just say they have a lot of depth and a lot of talent and a lot of young players who are finally taking that next step. What do you like or do you like the U.S.'s chances to get out of their group with Wales, Iran, and England? I actually do. I have, I'm not going to be surprised if England doesn't make it out of the group. Ooh. Like if it's the United States and Wales make it out of the group. Like Southgate has a major problem. England can't score. He doesn't know how to pick a starting 11. And they're unmotivated when they play. Like you watch when they play against Hungary. They were awful and you know they wanted to win that game to kind of get some momentum while they while they go into the international break because they're not coming back until september and i think that the united states has a good chance we we are a good team and i, I no offense to iran we should handle iran pretty easily wales is another really good team yeah england's a bit overrated i'm actually super excited for that united states england game it is on my birthday 
I'm going to watch that game. And for a birthday gift for myself, I hope the United States wins. Well, I think the U.S. Uh, gets the – it would be nice if they had I, I, you know, Iran in the first game, but they have actually <laughs> Iran in the third game. So uh, maybe – and maybe that's the benefit. Maybe, uh, you know, they go into that game needing a, a, a result to advance – and you got your easiest opponent there in that third game when you need that result. But yeah, USA, England, November 25th. We look forward to your birthday. The U.S.'s first game on November 21st against Gareth Bale and Wales. Brad, appreciate the time and the conversation as always, and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you. Have a great one. There he is. Brad Thomas. Check him out from uh, NBC Sports Bet on Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll get back into Major League Baseball, talk about the streaking New York Yankees who uh, won for, what is it now, like the, the seventh straight game, I think 14 straight home games or something like that. It's the, one of the longest home winning streaks they've had in their franchise history. This is just bizarre, all of the records that this team is on pace to shatter. Talk about that and more coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here. This is the look ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. Coming up about 15 minutes from now, former major leaguer Josh Towers will join us. We'll get into a major league baseball discussion. What has he noticed about what's happening here this season? Take a look at maybe some games coming up for uh, on Friday's schedule. want to quickly uh, continue the recap here of what went down on Thursday, and we'll talk about the Yankees who had a pitching change right before the game, a little bit before the game. Uh, but Luis Severino was scratched from his start, replaced by Clark Schmidt, and uh, he pitched well. Yankees kind of piecing it together with the bullpen. It was Schmidt. Then uh, Weber came in after him. Jalen Beeks, uh, another spot, you know, bullpen kind of open situation for the Rays. This was a... One nothing Rays win after five innings. So if your goal was to attack the Yankees in the first five with the pitching change, it worked out. Uh, the Yankees tied it up in the sixth and then walked it off in the bottom of the ninth thanks to Anthony Rizzo, who uh, homered, walk-off homer for the Yanks. They have won 14 straight games at home now. It's their seventh straight win overall, but 14 straight wins at home. It's the longest home winning streak in Yankees franchise history since they won 15 straight games from August 16th to September 26th of 1961 when Roger Maris was chasing Babe Ruth's single season 
home run record. It is the longest winning streak in the current Yankee Stadium. 14 straight wins. Can they make it 15? Well, they don't return home until, let's see, they go to Toronto, then they're in Tampa, and then they'll return home on Thursday, June 23rd against the Houston Astros for a tough four-game set that could very well be a postseason preview. I mean, every series right now could, could be a postseason preview. But they just took three straight from Tampa. They now go to Toronto for three straight. Here's your pitching matchups for Friday. Jordan Montgomery against uh, Ross Stripling. And Stripling's actually looked really good um, in the rotation. So you want to talk about a guy who was great out of the bullpen and has now looked really good making some starts here for them in uh, the bullpen. Um, Yeah, good stuff here for Ross Stripling. So maybe the Blue Jays have uh, a a slight edge there over over, uh, Jordan Montgomery. But let's take a look at the rest of these uh, the pitching matchups for this series. So you got Stripling against Montgomery on Friday. Jamison Tyone against Alec Manoa on Saturday, which is going to be just an incredible game. And I'll probably be on the Blue Jays with Alec Manoa. And it's not a knock on Jordan on uh, Jamison Tyone, who's been fantastic. But Alec Manoa has been like the top Cy Young guy right now in the American League. I mean, what, him and, and Justin Verlander ahead of, like, Garrett Cole. Let me, let me check the latest odds right now. Uh, American League Cy Young, Shane McClanahan, plus 350, Justin Verlander, plus 400, Alec Manoa, 7-1, to one. and then Nestor Cortez, 11-1. to one. Isn't that just ridiculous? Uh, the third game of this series, Garrett Cole against Yusei Kikuchi, and... If the Yankees are not laying three dollars in this in that game, it'll be a, a, a an, an utter mistake. Uh, Kikuchi is an absolute liability for this Blue Jays team. So you get Garrett Cole against Kikuchi on um, Sunday, and that's just wow. And then on Monday we get the rematch: Nestor Cortez and Shane McClanahan. This time in Tampa. So the Yankees got some tough games coming up, but uh, this team is as hot as any team has been. Right now, 47 and 16 on the year. That's just absolutely unreal. The pace that they are on to set the record for the most wins in a uh, regular season right now. The Marlins take on, uh, well, let's recap, continue here for Thursday. The Mets beat the Brewers 5 4 in a game where both Aaron Ashby, the starting pitcher for the Brewers, and Tyler McGill, the starting pitcher for the Mets, had to leave the game with injuries. Uh, McGill, this one is concerning because he was such an important um, starter for them at the beginning of the season when they were dealing without uh, Jacob deGrom. And then when Max Scherzer gets down, you're like, okay, you know, uh, at least you got Tyler McGill leading the staff or, and Chris Bassett and, McGill, though, goes on to the IR. He's got, like, the bicep tendonitis and whatnot, and he left the game with right shoulder discomfort. He threw a pitch. It was a fastball, and it wound up being about four, three or four miles per hour slower than his normal fastball, and, and the announcers knew it right away. 
he kind of winced after he threw the pitch, called for the trainers immediately, and left the game with the shoulder discomfort. It was just his second start since coming back from about a month, little like probably four weeks on the IL with that biceps inflammation. And for Aaron Ashby, he uh, left because of left forearm tightness. He did say, though, after the game that he thought that he could have kept on throwing. McGill, though, will have an MRI on Friday, and you'll find out exactly how long he will be out. So the Mets, they get the win, and it's important. They're staying afloat right now, but uh, they can't afford to have these um, these injuries, especially when you're without DeGrom and Scherzer right now. The Rangers beat the Tigers 3-1. to one. This was upsetting because I had the Rangers in the first five as my play of the day, and it was 0-0 after five innings. Martin Perez did exactly what I thought he was going to do, which was not allow a run against the Detroit Tigers. And you want to talk about top guys in the American League Cy Young voting. I mean, where is he now in the Cy Young? He is at, dude, I mean, this is pretty crazy. Martin Perez is 60 to 1 to win the American League Cy Young. This dude right now is 4 and 2 with a 2.1 ERA, but in he just yeah, he got roughed up in his last start against the White Sox, so maybe that's why his odds dropped. But other than that start, he's only allowed I mean, he allowed 3 earned runs in each of his first two starts, and then let me read you his stat lines, his his runs allowed. Zero one zero one one zero one zero two. He gets hit. He gets lit up for six in his last game, and then comes back and only allows one run here against the um, against the Tigers over seven strong innings. Texas had their chances against Bo Brisky, who just had his set. He just got his first big league win last start. And has bounced, has now put together two of his best starts of the season back to back. In the top of the fifth, the Rangers had first and second with nobody out, a proposition that usually scores runs about 63, 64% of the time, according to the uh, expected runs matrix. Uh, but uh, they uh, forgot who it was, lined into a double play. And double play is kill innings. And But the Rangers did score three runs in the top of the ninth inning to upset the Tigers 3-1. to one. Angels beat the Mariners 4-1. to one. Shohei Otani um, does it with both the bat and does it on the hill. Otani goes uh, two for four at the plate, and he throws six shutout innings, striking out six, allowing just three hits. So the Angels get a win, and everyone feels good in Anaheim. Let's take a look at uh, Friday real quick, um, some of the more interesting games on the schedule. Uh, Mets take on the Marlins. We don't know who's going to start for the Marlins, though, on the hill. Carlos Carrasco gets the start for the Mets. Um, Framber Valdez for the Astros goes against the White Sox. This is an Apple TV game. You know what that means. Lots of runs on Apple TV games. You also have the Guardians and Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw on the hill uh, at night. Apple TV, lots of runs, Apple TV games. I'm just saying, just just saying. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, 
We'll talk more Major League Baseball with former big league pitcher Josh Towers. We'll ask him about uh, these New York Yankees, how great they've been, uh, and some other teams around the league if he's buying or selling on certain teams in certain spots. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before the golfers tee off in Brookline, Massachusetts, make your free picks in the Adidas Three Stripes sh- Throwdown. Shouldn't it be three, st- three Stripes Showdown? But Three Stripes Throwdown. Say that ten times fast. Predict what will happen during the tournament. Compete for your share of $5,000 guaranteed. Head to DraftKings.com slash Adidas to play free, then turn up your game with the new Code code Chaos 22 Golf Shield. It's going to be pretty cool. Available June 24th. Terms and conditions, other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg, back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. A-I-R, you know, we're going to go through a couple of things. I I was like half kidding about the Apple TV games, but I actually want to track it because I know I was tracking it before and I just lost track of it the past couple of weeks, but I'm going to go back. uh, I would like to go back and see maybe last week and the week after to see if we had some high scoring outputs on some of these games. I know somebody's tracking them somewhere online. Let's welcome in former major leaguer Josh Towers joining me here on the look ahead and Josh, you know, you look at the Yankees. I was kind of doing this experiment, thinking about the next 100 games for them. And if they go 50 and 50, they're going to win 96 games. Is this just the most impressive first half you've seen from any team, and, and especially the Yankees? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, pre flop, I really didn't see this much success coming. I didn't think everybody was going to swing it this way. But I definitely didn't think that every pitcher on the team, top to bottom, was going to be this unbelievable. And I mean, you got guys in the bullpen with 30 scoreless right now stepping up and just some unexpected stuff. Nestor Cortez, obviously, no one expected this from him. Maybe he did, which is great, but no one did. Um, 
obviously it's going to come back at some point. I mean, they're veteran teams, so they're going to win games they should, but it'll come back at some point. But yeah, like for you to say 50 and 50 and still win 96 games, yeah, they're getting over 100 easy. The cool thing is about that division, um, what I heard today, I mean, if, if playoffs were today, four teams make the playoffs from that division. That's how tough it is, and that's how cool it is what the Yankees are actually doing. And the extra wild card as well in uh, Major yeah, League Baseball, yeah. which is going to be fun this year. Right. You know, the other thing I was just noticing, too, it looks like the next couple of weeks, starting now, obviously, um, it's all divisional play, which which kind of like will set the tone a little bit, too. Yeah, as teams uh, get to the All-Star break. Um, you know, in continuing with this practice of looking at the next 100 games, the White Sox, they if they go 50 and 50, this is only an 80-win team. You know, this is not a team that is going to win this division or even make the playoffs as a wild card team. You know, if they want to win the division, I'm just trying to guesstimate here. They probably have to go 65 and 35 the rest of the way. I just haven't seen anything that shows me they could do it. Hey, so let me ask you, who on Minnesota, like they're in first place. Who who stands out on that team to you? Buxton? Right, and he's terrible in my opinion. I think he's one of the worst players. I know he's the most talented player everybody talks about, but he doesn't do anything. Right, like can Minnesota really keep this up? I mean, what's their pitching? What is their success? Their success is 11 games over, or sorry, nine games over. But their success is Detroit's playing the worst baseball ever. We expected this from Kansas City. The White Sox are underachieving, and Cleveland is right where we thought they'd be, which is probably the most dangerous team. Will Minnesota be able to make a move? Do they have anything to trade and will they trade to go get real pitching to continue this for 162? I don't think so. I, I, I just don't think that they have it, which puts the White Sox back in play. This has been one of the most awful teams in baseball, and they're one game below 500. Now, I don't anticipate them like doing what the Braves are doing or the Yankees or anything like that, but like it, it's the same thing as Atlanta in the East last year where like no one walked away with the division, so Atlanta got a chance to get right, and then they did what they did. They're going to have to clean up this – off. Um, La Russa is catching a bad rap right now and some dudes are arguing. They're going to have to get on the same page, but they can easily still win this division. All right, let me make a statement and uh, you tell me which statement says more about the division that you play in, okay? Statement yeah. number one. The Angels lose 14 straight games, but are still in second place, or the Atlanta Braves win 14 straight and are still in second place. <laughs> I think uh, the Angels says more. I mean, listen, we knew Houston was winning this division. It was no team even close. And anybody thinks about the Angels pre-flop, they still didn't have pitching. So no matter what anybody before the season thought the Angels were going to do, it was never going to happen. So, like, for them to lose 1,400, still be in second place, it doesn't matter. It's such a – I mean – Nine and a half, ten and a half, like that's how far back each team is right now. It's not even close. That yeah. division is what it is. It was a one-team race the whole time. The Atlanta Braves winning 14 in a row and being 10 games over, I would have said they were definitely in first place at this point, not even close. What the Mets are doing right now is crazy impressive. Um, they're starting to taper off a little bit, six and four in their last ten, but they, they were like the Yankees. They were that impressive and that good. And they had everybody stepping up and doing their job. They just got Tyler back, and, and we still don't have Jacob. We still don't have Max, and they're still impressive. So, again, it takes some adjustments and some presence from some veterans and obviously coaches at times. We know Buck's always been a good coach in the, in the regular season, never been a good coach in the postseason. So my expectation is high. But, listen, if this team can find their way into the postseason and Jacob and Max are healthy and you're going with those two, forget, like, 
you know, Bassett and, and everybody else they have, Carrasco. Uh, it could be pretty interesting, man. So their owner, Steve Cohen, says that he's going to spend, he doesn't care about the tax. He'll go out there and spend whatever he needs to spend to make sure that this team wins a world championship. Yeah, so yeah. when you look at the Mets as presently constituted, what are maybe the one or two biggest pieces that they would need to add at the trade deadline? Yeah, tell Steve, I don't care how much money you have, that's not going to win a championship. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to develop. You have to change your minor league system. And they did. They bring some people back into minor leagues who are the best in the game, finally, who hadn't been with the organization for a few years. And that's going to start to alter a little bit, which is a beautiful thing. But it starts from the bottom. I mean, if you're not developing talent, if you're not developing pitching, if you're not developing hitting consistently, and they had a lull under that last regime of Brody Van Wagenen, they, they, they put this organization in a bad spot, and this is their first year back from it. Um you got to develop in the minor leagues. I don't care who you go by. It's like any team. I mean, look, like, look at the Blue Jays, right? They buy them. They, they develop most of these kids. But, like, look at when LeBron ended up in Miami with Wade and Bosch. Like, you put these all-star teams together right away the first year. They don't always win. They, they have to take time to gel. I got to start to support my guys. I got to like them. I got to be with them. I got to make friends. And, and then year two, year three, year four, you start seeing these teams take off. So I don't care how much money you spend. I still got to gel with my teammates at some point. So would you expect the Mets to add like a, a bullpen arm or a, a bat it's off the, the bench? It, it's it's the Mets, right? Like they're going to do something. I mean, look yeah. at it last year. We got Javier Baez for no reason. Like we know that he's not a winning player, right? Like I, they're going to do something. And their bullpen's been pretty good, but you can never have enough relievers when you know you're going to pull your starters early. Your offense has been awesome, but do you have like – you can always go get a really big-name player, but then you got a lot of these guys that are – really good that you signed for two-year contracts that are all doing their job, right? So, like, I don't know, man. Like, do they have enough in the minor leagues to give up to go get another big-name player? And then you got to alter – like, I think they're messing with stuff. I think the best they can do is go get pitching in the bullpen. I think that's the best thing they can do. All right. Uh, looking at the uh, National League West, it's going to be super competitive between the yeah. top three teams. And, and, you know, even the Diamondbacks aren't the pushover at times. Uh, but the Giants, the Giants just continue to uh, win and defy expectations. They did it last year. They're on a pace to do it again this year. Are the Giants good enough to get past the Dodgers and the Padres in this division? No. No. I mean, last year was an anomaly of what they're doing currently. Seven and three, last 10, obviously playing well. It's a beautiful thing. It, the Dodgers, man, listen, I was at the game last night watching them play the Angels, and uh, Gavin Lux is hitting ninth. $80 million dudes hitting eighth. Like, this team's loaded. I don't, I don't, I mean, it's just ridiculous. You got, you got uh, Justin Turner, you got Cody Bellinger, and Max Muncie. We all know their names. They couldn't be playing any worse offensively. Like, just think about it. They're playing so bad offensively, and this team is still this good. I mean, if any one, two, or three of those guys turn it around the second half, I mean, it's over. And then the pitching, like, the pitching just – did they expect Gonsolin? I mean, if if they did, for sure. If you go look at his track history, he's been amazing. Did you expect Tyler Anderson to do what he's doing? It's just been awesome, kind of like what we're seeing with New York, with the Mets. Like, guys are picking each other up while other people are on the shelf. And the Dodgers did this good. San Diego's got them, one of the best coaches in the game, and that was the, the big difference. He's allowed to do his job. And he allows the players to do their job, and they play in a very favorable ballpark. So – uh, it, I, I kind of expected more out of them last year, but I think held back. You know, we get a little bit like as coaches, like where I'm looking over my shoulder, I, I, I'm like turned into a yes man. They don't have the yes man coaches in San Diego, so I expect this team to be there for the long haul with the Dodgers. I think the Giants, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to to duplicate what they did last year. But again, with the Giants, they 
they play real baseball. Like we don't see that with a lot of teams, and that's why it gets overlooked because you and I don't talk about it. The news don't talk about it. They don't talk about the situational baseball and getting them over and hitting, running, and all the small stuff they do to make them successful. But when you play them, it gets kind of frustrating. Josh, appreciate the time as always, brother. Thanks again. All right, man. Tucker. There he is, Josh Towers, former big league pitcher. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.